Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Ashish, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. So, Kathy, I'm sure everyone knows about DoorDash. So, could we start by uh, talking a little bit more about what your role is and how the legal team is structured over at DoorDash? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to share. Um, so, I head up the commercial legal as well as the legal ops verticals at DoorDash. On the commercial side, we handle all of DoorDash's contracting needs globally. So that spans, you know, agreements with restaurants of all sizes, vendors, strategic business partners, and marketing partners. Uh, essentially, you know, anyone, anytime anyone at DoorDash needs an agreement with a third party, they come to us. Right. And as for legal ops, I actually made my first legal ops hire a little over a month ago, and he's already added a lot of value. So I'm super excited to see this function grow. And as for the legal team, we're currently a team of 22 and growing very rapidly. Um, There are five other verticals in addition to mine that span product, regulatory, corporate litigation, as well as employment. Got it. And how have the last few months been for you? Um, What are some of the challenges that you and your team had to face and navigate uh, from a headcount perspective and I guess just in general? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's fair to say that COVID-19 has created difficulty and turmoil for every person, no matter what situation they're in. Just the uncertainty of not knowing what the future will be like is a challenge that we all face. And for us at DoorDash, we've been completely focused on meeting the needs of the communities around us that need us now more than ever, local businesses, delivery contractors, as well as consumers. The first month of shelter in place passed by like a blur with all of us working around the clock to ensure that we were doing everything we could to support our constituents' needs and also our own internal business needs to rapidly adjust to everyone working from home. It was tough. Right. <laughs> and I'll be honest, you know, there were definitely days that felt difficult to keep moving at that same breakneck pace. And we had to adjust to the fact that, you know, this is not a sprint, but a marathon. And when that happened, I realized that we needed help as a team to meet the company's objectives on time to help merchants onboard and address our vendor needs very quickly. And that's when we reached out to you and to Law Trades to onboard contractors who could help. Right. Yeah, yeah. And however, you know, despite the difficult spells, I am so proud of what we've been able to accomplish with a very lean team. I see two factors primarily contributing to that. The first is that the work that we're doing is helping others in deeply meaningful ways, allowing people to maintain their livelihoods and put food on the table for their families. And the second is that my team has really spent energy fostering a team culture of deep care and support for one another. And we really try to keep working on that despite not physically being in the same place. Right, right. And uh, for what it's worth, I've been using my Dash Pass aggressively over the past couple of months. <laughs> I am glad to hear it. That's yeah, awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and, you know, one of the follow-ups uh, that I have is a lot of the Uh, folks listening to this might have a lot smaller legal departments than, um, say, at DoorDash. And uh, there's definitely people that are dealing with bandwidth constraints. And I'd love to hear about how you deal with bandwidth constraints um, on your team. And how do you think about prioritization on a team level and individually? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we actually approach this in a number of different ways. First, we try to see where we can create additional efficiencies. From the time that I first joined DoorDash, I could immediately see that a large part of what the commercial legal team would have to tackle is a volume challenge. We have what seems like a very large sales team that keeps growing, while my team adds about one head a quarter. So throwing more bodies at the problem was never going to be a scalable solution. 
Right. And instead, yeah, instead we created thresholds for certain verticals like sales to minimize the number of deals that qualify for our team support. We built self-help playbooks, wiki pages, and other resources so people don't need to keep coming back to us to ask the same questions. A rule of thumb I like to use is that if we're answering the same question more than twice, we really should be adding that to our wiki. And I think this is probably particularly applicable, right, to those, you know, small in-house legal teams or maybe solo practitioners. The more of these types of resources you can build, um, the more that, you know, you're enabling the teams that you support to to get the information they need quickly. And secondly, I rely heavily on technology to help maintain visibility into what is, you know, on every person's queue on my team um, and also track the overall request volume for my entire team. It's been super helpful for me to use these metrics to substantiate additional headcount and to go back to the business to ask that we set better thresholds to qualify requests. This has actually been even more helpful now that we're all remote. Um, so that I have a really good sense, you know, even from a day-to-day perspective, what everyone's working on. Right. Yeah. Um, thirdly, we use contract attorneys for overflow work, um, and that's really helped us to bridge the gap between hires. Uh, big thanks <laughs> to you and, you know, to the whole Law Trades team for helping us locate cost-effective, high-quality talent. Yeah. And, and to address your question, Ashish, in terms of prioritization, you know, on a team level, every person on my team owns supporting certain business verticals. So I never have to waste time assigning tasks. And it means that for most of our frequent business stakeholders, they know exactly who their point of contact is on my team and go straight to them. For prioritization of legal requests generated from business vertical, I actually encourage the team leads of those verticals to lean in and manage the prioritization you know, in terms of the, the requests coming from their team, because the leads are frankly in the best position to make calls on what to push forward and what can wait a little longer. Whereas, you know, for example, each sales rep, right, is always going to say that their deal is the most urgent. Right. Yeah. It's awesome to see how organized and how efficiently you're using technology to like really have a hold on things. I could imagine it's so busy at DoorDash right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how is your approach to utilizing outside counsel change like in the event that there is a continued downturn or hiring freezes um, in general? And what are some of the changes you've already started to make in your approach? What advice do you have in particular for in-house lawyers um, that are the sole lawyers in-house and they have to deal with so many issues coming from them at all different angles? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, well, I think that, you know, the current system that we have in place has actually really enabled us to stretch our resources incredibly far. Uh, To give you a sense on the commercial side, we're around a team of, we're a team of four and we support around 10 business verticals. Wow. That's a lot. Our sales team leads, you know, honestly, like they hail from other companies. You can't believe how lean a team we are given how much we support. Um, and what I've been able to do is, is track the amount of work that my team handles and how that's growing over time. So it's enabled me to easily identify places where we can create additional efficiencies. Um, so to give you an example, you know, one business vertical we support predominantly uses three vendors, uh, but they were one of the top three request generators in our past two quarters. So we figured out quickly, you know, something needed to be worked out with that team to, to figure out additional efficiencies that we could create there. I think the challenge I, I see with many legal teams is that, you know, they feel the weight of the work they have coming in the door. 
right? And the fact that, especially now during this time with increasingly pressing deadlines, but they have a really hard time translating that into actual metrics. And my advice is to use technology to really help you gain more visibility into your queue, into your work. Um, this could also apply to solo lawyers. So to go back to the example that I just gave, you know, um, that lawyer could use those metrics to identify the bulk of their requests is being generated from just a few orgs within the business or sometimes even a few people, right? right. And to make better decisions on how to leverage contractors, for example, um, who have specialization addressing just those areas, for instance, or, or who they need to hire next. Um, and then they can use the metrics, right, that they have to actually substantiate and help to convince finance they really need this, this next hire. So at the end of the day, you know, the way I like to think about it is that better metrics enable you to make better, smarter decisions to get ahead of your work and not just get crushed by it. For sure. And on the budgeting side, a lot of our listeners are often seeking budget approvals for outside counsel from uh, non-legal employees that, you know, maybe don't have as much color as to like what the scenario is under the hood in the legal department. Uh, so what are some of the tips you have from a communication standpoint um, to get the extra help uh, that you need when you actually do need it? Yeah, totally. So this, I, I feel like it really aligns with my previous point. Nothing speaks louder than data, especially to someone in finance, right? right? So if you can actually concretely show the number of requests that your team is fielding and how that's growing over time, you can absolutely make a business justification for that spend. I've actually done this every single time I've sat down with my manager to look at headcount asks or outside counsel spend for the upcoming quarter. And it's super effective. I know that she uses those same numbers when she sits down you know, with her finance business partner. And she's so appreciative uh, because the commercial legal team is actually able to supply her uh, with such concrete metrics to look at. Yeah, that's awesome. And those are definitely some good points uh, for some of the listeners to take away with. Um, now, you talked about bringing on contractors. What are some of the use cases you found for bringing on extra help and, and how has it worked for you? Um, what are the tips you have to make sure that it's not a time waster and instead actually adds a lot of value to your team when bringing on that extra help? Yeah, I've actually quite a, quite a few tips yeah. <laughs> learned over time. So I've historically most needed contractors to help us with overflow work from our highest volume generating areas, like vendor management work. Or, you know, when an attorney on my team is going out on vacation. Uh, I remember last year, one of my new hires that I um, just signed on pre-negotiated an international trip, like her, her big trip of that year. And it overlapped exactly with another pre-planned vacation for another one of my reports. So I ended up holding down the fort on my own for almost three weeks. Wow. Um, and I definitely needed to lean on contractors right during that time so right. I could you know, go home and sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so it's also a really great idea to create playbooks. Uh, and I mentioned that a little earlier in terms of the resources, right, that you can, that you can build and empower your team. So um, I have a vendor contracts playbook as well as a sales contracts playbook. And frankly, you know, everyone on my team uses these playbooks all the time, not just to, you know, help onboard new hires. Um, it has all of our positions on key issues, fallbacks, even how we negotiate those issues, right? Like the talking points. Um, and we hand this playbook over to any contractor that we onboard. It cuts down a ton of training time. And plus it's a resource that they can keep referring back to rather than, you know, scheduling additional calls and coming back to us. Right. 
Yeah, I, I also recommend providing training for the contractor only in areas that will be immediately relevant. I've learned that sometimes, you know, you spend a ton of energy training the contractor in an area that they don't actually end up working in, which isn't super efficient. Um, I've also leaned in really heavily during the first couple of weeks of engaging a new contractor to establish what my expectations are on speed. Every company operates differently and, you know, probably already have a sense of this, at DoorDash, based on the really high volumes that we tackle, I really prioritize speed. And based on an individual contractor's background and abilities, if I think their rate of completing reviews is too slow, it's important to clear that up right off the bat. They may not be understanding, you know, what your expectations are, how carefully they have to dot I's and cross T's. So I make sure to over-communicate that in the beginning. And finally, if you've created automated intake processes, it's way easier to assign work rather than, you know, having to do that manually as every single task comes up. Um, for me, based on the systems that I've set up for DoorDash, I really just have to highlight certain fields in a spreadsheet and boom, the assignments are done. That sounds so efficient. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about efficiency. <laughs> yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, because even, you know, to piggyback on that point, there's a lot of... Folks that are listening to this that might not realize how much you could kind of streamline um, a lot of workflows internally to really save you know them a lot of time internally. Um, so, are there other tools or resources that have helped you reduce outside council spend? I can imagine it's it's important um, to talk on that given like the current state of affairs for a lot of other companies. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so to be honest with you, there, there are quite a few different tools that I that I use. I actually think that you can do a fair amount with free software out there like Google Forms and Google Spreadsheets, right? You can configure the Google Form basically as an intake form, hook that up to a, to a Google Spreadsheet. But based on my experience, you know, if your company is of a certain size or complexity, then this method can become a little unwieldy. Extracting metrics and all of that is is also pretty manual, but it does give you, um, if you're you're willing to put in that that manual work, it gives you the metrics um, that that you need. So I'm I'm particularly interested, as you can see, in the areas of workflow optimization, reporting metrics, and I can give pretty decent recommendations in those areas. So I would be really happy to talk offline with anyone who might be interested uh, because it depends on the particular needs and the setup of that legal team. I can make recommendations based on that setup. And, and as you can probably tell, this is actually a, a you know true passion of mine and really fun for me. So I'm, I'm happy to help. Yeah, that's why we had you on. Uh, this was <laughs> this was this was awesome and uh, so concise and filled with such great insights. Um, so, how could anyone find you? Like, if they want to get in touch with you after the podcast is released. Yeah, totally. Um, best way to reach me is over LinkedIn. You can find me, Kathy Zhu, uh, Commercial Counsel at DoorDash. Cool. And we'll definitely add that into our show notes as well. So, Kathy, thanks so much again for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Shish. Cool.